Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. The Oracle Network. Due to the mature content of this program, listener discretion is advised. Depth of Darkness, the podcast that dives all kinds of balls deep into all things dark and wrong in this world. I almost forgot what I was going to say. It always throws me off when I try and get fancy. But welcome to the show. I'm your host, as always, Mandy, along with my co-host. And I'm retired major, huge ass, coming at ya. Oh yeah! <laughs> in your face. Woo! I always, I always imagine those little, like, flailing arm, inflatable... Like what? Like on Family Guy, which like inflatable, like factory, whatever. It's like those flailing. <laughs> what am I saying? <laughs> the, the, you know what I'm talking about? Those little inflatable yeah. air things that just wiggle. Yeah. That's what I like think a of car when you're like huge ass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Welcome back, huge ass. Uh, that'd be the best intro ever. But yes. Welcome back, everybody. I hope I'll put that mental picture in your mouth. In your in what? Yeah, in your mouth. <laughs> in your mouth. In your mind, in your head, in your vision. It's the way they like it. <laughs> what? I'm just all over the place today, like diarrhea. Yeah. Oh, Blame that one on Mandy. Yeah, it's all me. I'm so sorry, everybody. Uh, but welcome back to the show. We're glad you're here. We're very happy you're here. So today, we're going to go a little bit dark, kind of bizarre. And that kind of leads us into the title of the article we'll be reading. It's going to be about death. Disclaimer. Sign out if if, you, if it's a trigger. Sign out if anything relating to death yeah. bothers you. Which, if you like our show, I'm sure it wouldn't. Pretty sure you're desensitized at this point because we just rip on everything. Yeah. <laughs> we talk about we everything. Try to. So we try to. Yeah, we make light of hor- horrible, horrific things to try and make life a little bit less serious and a little bit more enjoyable for you. So That's take everything great. we say with a grain of salt. But with that, oh, said, you bet. Oh, yeah. Let's mosey on over to the beloved. Actually, no. Actually, this is beloved. On top of Wikipedia, this is probably our second one. Our second yeah. fave. Right? I mean, I feel like we've we've showcased this one on quite a few episodes. And that's listverse.com. Woo! Nice. <laughs> and the title of this article is called Another 10 Bizarre Death-Related Facts. 
because apparently this author had written one previously, but we're going with this one because this is the most current. And this was written yeah. on May 7th of 2020, so just a year ago, and it was written by Jamie Freighter. And he looks very serious in his picture, but judging by his yeah. uh, writing style, he seems like a cool guy. So, hi, Jamie. Howdy diddly. Yeah. <laughs> he's, probably never, he's probably never going to listen to this, and if he does, right. I'm honored. But any hoodle, let's dive in, shall we? Death is one of my favorite topics, and as it has been quite some time since I posted a list on the subject, I thought the time seemed right. In this list, we look at ten random facts that have one thing in common— they all relate to death in one way or another. Be sure to check out the original list, and we'll leave this article down below, so if you want to read this and the original one he wrote, go on, take a gander. We won't judge. And add yeah. any more death facts to the comments to, of this list. That's what he wrote. <laughs> Number huh. 10 on his list, and this list is going from highest to lowest, so we're going to work our way down to the worst, apparently, the num numero uno. Yeah. But starting off on his list is number 10, titled Gregory Biggs. And it's got a picture of some guy going face first into a windshield and his ass yeah. and legs are all just up in the air flailing everywhere. Ass over heels stuck. through someone's windshield. Yeah, I don't know what he was doing, but that looks like a good time. Gregory yeah. Biggs, a homeless man in Fort Worth, Party. Texas. Woo! I feel like this is probably the episode I'm going to be going like, woo, party, <laughs> probably more often than I should. But anyways, this man, Gregory Biggs from Fort Worth, Texas, was struck by a car being driven by Shante Jaward Maillard. <laughs> Maillard. Or Mallard. <laughs> Could be Mallard yeah. like the duck. Could be, yeah. Fancy. Yeah. Who had been drinking and taking drugs that night. What a great combo. Don't do drugs, kids. Who? Yeah. <laughs> I almost read that part over again. Big's torso yeah. became lodged in Mallard's windshield with severe, but not immediately fatal injuries. Mallard drove home and left the car in her garage with Big still lodged in her car's windshield. What a bitch. <laughs> She's like, ah, it's yeah. just a scratch. He'll be all right. I can't see. You're in my way. <sighs> As he's just bleeding out in front of her. Oh, my yeah. God. She repeatedly visited Biggs and even apologized for hitting him. She didn't call the, an ambulance or take him to the hospital. She just left him there and occasionally came and was like, Are you okay? You need any water? Yeah. Have you oh, died man. yet? Are you dead yet? I just need to clean my car out. Come on now. Uh, yeah. But anyways, yeah, she, she repeatedly visited him. And he unfortunately died of his injuries several hours later. So he was actually stuck in her windshield. Inverted, so his head was facing towards the bottom of her car, bleeding out, and she just doesn't seem to give a damn. Shante Mallard was tried and convicted for murder in, in this case and received a 50-year prison sentence. The film Stuck is loosely based on this unusual death. Yeah, that is pretty yeah. unusual, but I feel like it's for the Texas, don't they usually just Shantae. like hang people on the spot? I feel like she's just, ugh. They don't usually put them in prison. They just like, get rid of them. Just wondering. That's sad. I feel bad for Okay, him. number nine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> number nine, disenfranchised grief. Yeah. It's got a picture of a cat and one of these goofy looking little, I don't know if that's like a cover of a litter box or what. <laughs> Something. It says, cats leave paw prints on your hearts forever. I don't I don't know what that's about, but. 
love. Okay. We'll go to disenfranchise grief as a term describing grief that is not acknowledged by society. Examples of events leading to disenfranchised grief are the loss of a pet, an aborted, miscarried pregnancy, a mother's loss, or a surrender of a child to adoption, the death of a celebrity, or even a fictional character. Yeah. This is compared to more traditional forms of grief, such as loss of spouse, parent, or child. Traditional forms of grief are more heavily recognized even in non-traditional living situations. Disenfranchised grief, when legitimate, can create problems with bereavement bereavement leave with work. Okay, there's kind of a messed up sentence there. That's kind of weirdly written there. (laughs) There are few support systems, traditions, or institutions which normally help the grieving process. And that's the end of that. Yeah. Just talking about grief. But I mean, yeah. I can actually relate to this one, and this is going to sound so stupid, but I know a lot of people felt it at the same level. I was I was obsessed with the band Linkin Park growing up in high school. Like, I loved Linkin Park. Their old school stuff. Their new stuff, newer, <laughs> since Chester Bennington passed away. Um, their newer stuff I wasn't a fan of until afterwards, and I actually went back and listened to it, and I appreciated it. But when he died, because... As anybody who's a Linkin Park fan, you know he committed suicide. It's very unfortunate. But that's what they say. That's what they say. There are some theories behind yeah. it. And, uh, yeah, there sure is. Maybe we'll do an episode on that, because that one is quite intriguing. It's disturbing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, Wasn't he related to Podesta? That's what I was going to get at. Yeah, a lot of people think if yeah. you look at his facial features, it's uh, it's so uncanny. Like, it's so creepy. But they're like, oh, no, no, yeah. he has a father. It's like, but look at their No, I believe that's the... <laughs> I, I know believe a lot that's of, it. That's, I know, yeah. but I know a lot of people can actually look similar to other people. They even say we all have a doppelganger. There's at least seven or eight people on the planet that look like each of us. But there's so many secrets about Chester. I know we're going on a tangent here, but I got to say this. <laughs> there's so many secrets about his childhood and he he had you know severe trauma from it you can hear him i think no it wasn't the joe rogan show it was on some sort of radio show and he was saying talking about like his mental state and he's like you know that's a bad neighborhood you don't want to be in that neighborhood and the show host was just like laughing about it just passing it off and chester's just like really uncomfortable like yeah it's not funny yeah it's my life it's it's traumatizing yeah. And, but going back to that, when he passed away, I was really upset. Like, I cried over it, because he was one of my favorite musicians growing up. You know, and losing something like that, you can't really express it to people. Like, it's not, it's not at the same level as grief of losing a loved one, or a friend, or anything like that. That type of grief is unmatchable, but it's still, it's still recognizable. And... I had, I had, yeah, it's like I had a material loss in. or something. It's a weird, different kind of loss. It's a different loss, yeah. But I know a lot of people had that same feeling when he when he passed. Because he, he was loved by many. And he was a great musician, so. Yeah. Uh, I felt that way when Jim Morrison died. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so you, you know the feeling. You know it. Many years ago. And actually, I was a big fan of Chris Farley when I was a kid, too. So, I, ha- I mean, he... When did he pass away? Was that even before? No, that, that know, wasn't before I was born. 15 years ago or something like that? <laughs> that was definitely not before I was born then. Was it really only 15 years ago? For Chris Farley? I think so. I think so. Hmm. Wow, maybe that's another Mandela effect. I could have sworn it's been a lot longer than that. 
We got to talk about the Mandela oh, it could have effect. Been. Hmm. Well, John Belushi died, uh, let's see, almost 40 years ago. Yeah. And you know, me and him came from the same place in the universe, so. Yeah, fun fact, folks. Fun facts. <laughs> yeah. Hugh, yeah. Hugh knows some cool peeps. But anyways, let's go back to the article here. You guys probably hate us and love us for our tangents. But what did you think about that? Can yeah. you guys relate with that Mostly hate. Brief? They probably hate us. I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just got to say but that each other. Thugs, they keep tuning it in. Yeah, keep tuning Whatever. In. Well, you know, people are... Uh, attracted to things they are repulsed by like if you if you drive by a horrible car crash you can't help but look that's probably how they view our show they hate it but they love it yeah that's (laughs) awesome that's that's job security (laughs) hells yeah just bringing in the hate that's okay you bet but moving on to number eight on our list of bizarre deaths it's called the safety coffin and this one i do know of and it's super disturbing because there's whole history stories behind it but a safety coffin or security coffin is a coffin fitted with a mechanism to prevent premature burial or allow the occupant to signal that he or she has been buried alive a large number of designs for safety coffins were patented during the 18th and 19th centuries and variations on the themes are still available today wow if they're still available today that means some people are just not quite sure if they're dead totally freaked (laughs) out by the whole thing (laughs) It's probably people who don't go through traditional, you know, yeah. burial processes. Like you get embalmed, you get cremated or buried. You know, they probably just go a completely untraditional route. Or people in other countries. I don't know. I don't or know traditional, what other cultures like, do for I don't believe the Jews go through all that, do they? They, they don't. Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't believe they go through embalming <laughs> and all that. I would like a good Viking burial, you know, just light put me on a nice boat let me go in the water and just torch me up let my yeah. ashes go into the air and the of course sea. if you're not dead that would be a little uncomfortable too no yeah i would like to be dead please <laughs> wait a <laughs> minute put the, be... put the damn fire out i'm yeah. still alive damn it or the other yeah. one would be like either take my ashes and plant it with a seed and let me grow up into a tree that's another one yeah. i like beautiful from death comes forth life Uh, anyways going back to this article the first recorded safety coffin was constructed on the orders of duke ferdinand of brunswick before his death in 1792 he had a window installed to allow light in an air tube to provide a supply of fresh air and instead of having the lid nailed down he had a lock fitted (laughs) wow in a special pocket of his shroud he had two keys one for the coffin lid and a second for the tomb door. Well, I mean, cool. I would like that too. If, if yeah, I was, if you got a yes. tomb, you're you're styling. Yeah, I mean, this was Duke Ferdinand of Brunswick, yeah. it's so a little I mean, more he difficult was, uh, if you're actually under the dirt. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yeah. I like this next one. You're going to talk about Hugh. It's quite interesting. Oh, it's up to me now. Here it is, folks. Yep. Number seven: <laughs> the death erection. <laughs> A death erection, angel lust, or terminal erection is a post-mortem erection, technically a priapism, observed in the corpses of human males who have been executed, particularly by hanging. I guess they get off on Mm. that, so to speak. Yep, it's quite intense. The phenomenon has been attributed to pressure on the cerebellum created by the noose. 
Death by hanging, whether in an execution or a suicide, has been observed to affect the genitals of both men and women. Women have genitals. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, scientifically it's a genital, yeah, I, isn't it? Male for and some female. reason, you keep thinking of the, the package. The wang! Yeah. yeah. In, in <laughs> women, the labia become engorged, and there may be a discharge of blood from the vagina. In men... Yeah. A more or less complete state of erection of the penis with discharge of urine, of mucus, or of the prosthetic fluid is a frequent occurrence. Present in one case in three. Other causes of death may also result in these effects, including fatal gunshot wounds to the brain, damage to major blood vessels, or violent death by poisoning. Forensically, a post-mortem erection is an indicator that death was likely swift and violent and the person was perverted. Uh, since I was just talking about Chester and the bad way he went, I couldn't help but that went back into my head. Yeah. Because <laughs> of the way he went, you know, it's like, did he get one too? That's horrifying. Oh, gosh. All right. Yeah. Carrying on, carrying on. Number six, walking, walking ghost. Walking ghost. I haven't read all the way through this, so I don't know what this is okay. uh, referring to. I have no idea. The walking ghost phase of radiation poisoning is a period of apparent health lasting for hours or days following a dose of 10 to 50 sieverts of radiation. Is that the word, sieverts? I've never seen that word. I guess. Yeah, I've, uh, I haven't seen it before. I mean, I consider myself well-educated, but when it comes to certain words I've just never heard of, I feel stupid. I feel so stupid. Yeah. Uh, as its name would suggest, the walking ghost phase is followed by certain death. That's <laughs> awful. The yeah. phase of apparent recovery is due to the lag time of the effects of radiation poisoning to, suffice, to surface. While the irradiation has resulted in bone marrow destruction and death of many rapidly multiplying cells, the surface effects do not come apparent until later. For example, irradiation kills the rapidly dividing cells of the gastrointestinal tract. However, diarrhea is not apparent until the cells begin to slough off, coming out in bloody excrement. Ugh. Yeah. Loss of this protective lining exposes the body to bacteria within the gut, causing sepsis. Lo- also, the causes an in it, the co- this <laughs> wow. Also, this causes an I can't say this. What is wrong with Easy me? Easy for you to also, say. I know. Also, this causes an inability to absorb nutrition from food. This is the same think. with the rapidly <laughs> p- uh. Huh? Nice. What? come again (laughs) yes this is the same this is the same with the rapidly proliferating cells of the immune system irradiation essentially halts white blood cell production by destroying bone marrow however the remaining white blood cells within the body are still temporarily working until they are quote unquote used up ooh I never thought of radiation poisoning oh I mean I guess it's not the worst way to go you feel great and then bam you're dead yeah, I, I don't know if it's. Yeah, I don't think you feel great. You well, probably feel like hell, really. Leading up to I'm the guessing. hell, it's pretty good. Yeah. You're living life good, and then, then all hell breaks loose, literally in your pants. Yeah, that's all. Walking around with that post mortem boner before you actually <laughs> drop. <laughs> and that brings us to our next one, uh... number five, the Lazarus syndrome. Ooh. The Lazarus Syndrome is the spontaneous return of circulation after failed attempts at resuscitation. 
Its occurrence has been noted in medical literature at least 25 times since 1982. Also called Lazarus Phenomenon, it takes its name from the biblical story of Lazarus, who was raised from the dead by Jesus. Cool. In one case, a 66-year-old man was suffering from a suspected abdominal aneurysm. During treatment for this condition, the patient survived cardiac arrest and received chest compressions and defibrillation shocks for 17 minutes. Mm. Vital signs did not return. The patient was declared dead and resuscitation efforts ended. Ten minutes later, the surgeon felt a pulse. The aneurysm was successfully treated and the patient fully recovered with no lasting physical or neurological problems. See, that's that's impressive. If he didn't have any neurological problems after the fact. Yeah. Because if, if you're yeah. deemed brain dead for, what is it, more than even 10 minutes? Five minutes 17 even? minutes it said, yeah. Whew. Yeah, because your brain cells start dying. That's, dang. Good for him. I wonder what it was like. I wonder if he had any of those near-death experiences. Those are cool. Yeah. You should do one on that, just stories of people telling what it was like. Because there's <laughs> ones of kids who can look down at their bodies and they can explain in detail the yeah. people in the room. And people are like, how the hell did he know that? And it was like an eight-year-old kid. There was, a, there was a kid that got caught in frozen water many years ago. Mm-hmm. I think his name was Jimmy Tontlowitz. He was real famous. I remember them dragging him out of the water, and he was dead. Ooh. And they brought him back. Nice. And, so that's uh, a good case of last You know, his eyes were staring there. wide open and everything, and uh, he was a goner. But they got him back. I and like I can't remember how that long. That would be a haunting he, image. Yeah, I'm thinking it was like 30 minutes or something like that. It was something incredible. Dang. But the cold water, I guess, preserved him. That's cool. That's super yeah. cool. Well, good. I, I like stories like that. See, there is some positivity among the darkness. <laughs> some people survive. But then this. he ended up in the in the grill of that car in the first story. Well, I don't know. Mm, that would be really unfortunate. That would be so bad. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, you survived that just to get... You know, to die a really ridiculous left in someone's death. windshield like a, like a, I don't know, like a June bug flying into the windshield. That lady's such a bitch. Like she just, are you yeah. okay? I'll check in on you every so often, bring you some water, but I'm not gonna call it. I'm not yeah. gonna call cops or anybody. Yeah, don't forget to die. <laughs> yeah, back soon. All right, and the next one's called Republican Marriage. I don't know what the hell that means. We'll find out. I don't know. <laughs> Republican marriage, French mariage républicain, was a form of execution. Yeah. Oh, okay. That allegedly occurred in, I don't know how to pronounce this, Nantes? <laughs> Nantes during the reign of Nantes. terror and revolutionary France. Well, no, uh-huh. I know that part. It's just the, the place I didn't know how to pronounce. Nantes during the reign of in revolutionary France. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, see that right there? That's why my French teacher, the one year I took French in high school, she hated me. She hated me because I'd always be like, Oh, mademoiselle, bonjour, puis j'allais à la toilette. Like, she would not oui, like, Oui, oui, pee-pee in me. But, nope, pantalones is Spanish. That actually plays into this one. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yes. <laughs> the form of execution... Here we go. Let's go back to the, back to this. It involved tying a naked man and woman together and drowning them. Why were they tied together? Okay, marriage. Got it. Ah. Right. <laughs> it clicked. This was reportedly to have been practiced during the Noedes massacres that were ordered by local Jacobin representative on mission Jean-Baptiste Carrier between November 1793 
in January 1794 in the city of Nantes. And I'm just, I'm just poking fun here, everybody. I don't know how to pronounce these words, so I'm trying to have fun with it. Don't take offense to it if you're French. I, yeah, love, I love France, and I love French people. I just suck at pronouncing it, everything in every other language besides my own. <laughs> I'm a failure. Yeah. Even Spanish. I know quite a bit of Spanish. I can understand it, but when I try and speak it, it's just awful. It's like, buenos dias, ma- nope, not madame. See, now I'm going back to French. <laughs> buenos tardes, señorita. <laughs> ¿Dónde es el baño? Tengo caca en mis pantalones. <laughs> Cero la cura. <laughs> I don't know if anybody what? actually says that I have shit in my pants. You know? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, everybody, stop being so offended. I can feel you all just getting all pissed. Stop it. Wee oui, wee. Oui. It's all on good fun, all right? All right. We don't uh-huh. hate anybody. Or do we? Or do we? All right. But yeah, Besides, going back. Besides, where else are you going to hear about naked men and women being tied together and drowned? Yeah. About in Yeah, they got the nerve apparently. to call them Republicans. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, gosh. Most accounts indicate <laughs> that the victims were drowned in Loire, Loire River, although a few sources describe an alternate means of execution in which the bound couple is run through with a sword, either before or instead of drowning. I honestly would rather drown. (laughs) While the murders of men, women, and children by drowning in the Noyades... Is it Noyades? Noyade? I don't know. Ah, just go with it. Noyades is not generally disputed. The factuality of the Republican marriages, quote-unquote, in particular has been doubted by several historians who suspect it to be a legend. So it kind of goes similar to the hmm. to the Blood Eagle from Scandinavia, where yeah. people don't really know. You know, I don't know. People were pretty weird back in the day. Oh, the so Vikings were brutal. I wouldn't put anything past them. <laughs> I have no doubt about that. Yeah. There was all sorts of weird things going yeah, on. Yeah, I got that Viking blood in me. Number three, <laughs> the London Necropolis Railway Station. The London Necropolis Railway Station was a special railway station constructed by the London Necropolis Company for funeral trains, specifically to serve their Brookwood Cemetery. The station opened on 13 November 1854, just outside London's Waterloo Station on the London and Southwestern Railway. Three carriage trains took coffins and mourners from the station located between York Street, now Leak Street, and Westminster Bridge Road directly to platforms within the cemetery. The station was built a short distance away at 121 Westminster Bridge Road in 1902 when the mainline station was reconstructed. Prior to 1900, funeral trains usually ran once a day, but after this only operated as required until the mid-1930s. They only ran twice a week, much of their traffic having moved to the road network. Yeah, that seems more modern, I guess. On the night of 16 April 1941, the station was hit by bombs and never rebuilt or reopened. However, the entrance to the station still stands in Western, uh, I should say, Westminster Bridge Road. That was fascinating. Thank you. The flowers are still standing. Yes. <laughs> All right, folks. Number two, Lal Bihari. It's got a very grainy picture of a young fellow here. Young seller from India. His name is Lal Bihari, born in 1961, and he was a farmer from Uttar Pradesh, India, who was officially dead between 1976 and 1994. He founded Mritak Sangh, or the Association of the Dead, in Uttar Pradesh, India. 
He fought Indian government bureaucracy for 18 years to prove that he is alive. Oh, so they marked yeah. him as dead nice. when he was still That's alive? That's real nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's really strange. When Lal Bihari tried to apply for a bank loan in 1976, he found out that he, that he was marked as officially dead. His uncle had bribed a government official to register him as dead so that he would get ownership of Bihari's land. What a dick uncle. <laughs> oh my gosh. Bihari discovered at least 100 other people in a similar situation, being officially dead. He forced Murtak Mr- Sang <laughs> in the Azimara in, in the Azimara district. See, gosh, I keep getting these ones with this. Uh, Azimgar. God. Yeah. He and many other members were in danger of being killed by those who had appropriated their property. Nowadays, the association has over 20,000 members all over India. By 2004, they had managed to to declare four of their members alive, including Bihari. So out of 20,000 people who were falsely accused or falsely labeled as dead, only four... (laughs) We're able to say that, nope, I'm still alive. That's awful. What's going on, yes. India? Jeez. <laughs> I've never heard of that happening here. Have you? No. Ugh. Just several times. Yeah. yeah, just a few, you know, a few times it happened. Yeah. And now we're on to number one. Woo. Mascalismos is the practice of physically rendering the dead incapable of rising or haunting the living in undead form. It comes from the ancient Greek word and was also the term for procedural rules on such matters in later Greek customary law. The term (laughs) maskalismos, which isn't easy to say, by the way, has widened to include the customs throughout the different cultures of the world in ritually mutilating their dead to prevent their wrath from affecting the living. In the Malukas, a woman who has died in childbirth is buried with pins stuck through the joints and an egg under the chin and or armpits, believing that the dead fly like birds and the presence of eggs will bring out the maternal instincts which make the ghost not leave the eggs and thus stay with its former body. Okay. <laughs> in Europe, it was sometimes common that suicides were buried with a stake driven through the heart. The body buried upside down or the head cut off and placed between the legs. Still practiced in many parts of Britain as well, as the continent is tying together the feet or large toes of the dead. Oh, that that would be kind of fun, I guess. Big toes. Get get the shoelaces out, just tie them together so people just can't walk right after they're dead or something, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, their zombie just keeps fumbling over itself. Yeah. You won't be kicking any field goals now, pal. The Omaha, a tribe of American Indians, slit the soles of the feet of those killed by lightning. The Basuto and Bajoana slit the sinews and spinal cord of their dead. The Herbert River Aborigines of Australia beat the body enough to break its bones and fill incisions made in the body with stones. Further forms of mascalismos are equally common among peoples the world over. Okay. The scary and it does say at the bottom, text is available under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Creative Commons. Oh, God. Yeah, we'll be right on that. <sighs> you know, the scary part about this last one is people still do it to this day in Britain. Ew. Yeah. Like, some yeah. of this is creepy. Like, beating the body, even though it's already dead, is literally beating a dead yeah. horse, but beating a dead person. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. that's morbid. That's so morbid. Yeah, I, like it. I would. I would imagine all sorts of weird things happen. <sighs> all Just right. Sad. Well, on that note, on that note, folks. Now that we've dive all kinds of deep into some of real, some of the weirdest and most bizarre death things. <laughs> yeah. Topics of death, whatever you want to call it. Let's dive yeah. extra deep into those closing statements. Wee! If you love our show and want to help support the Dark Cause, then please consider leaving us a rating and review on Apple iTunes or wherever else you can leave a review. Your reviews are what helps our show get noticed more easily, and it helps other listeners find our show a bit more quickly, so it definitely helps our show out, and we love all the support. One thing oh, I yeah. did want to... Yeah, one thing I did want to add in here, and we have contacted our patrons. Our Patreon is being closed down as for now, possibly rejuvenated in the future, but we are closing down our Patreon. So I'm not going to put that in here. I'm not going to say, you know, go check out our Patreon, join our Dark Abyss, because unfortunately, just due to the craziness and hectness, is hect- how do you say that? <laughs> hectness? Hect- What's the word I'm thinking of? <laughs> Something's hectic. <laughs> When it's a hectic yeah. life. I've been super swamped with work. I have a lot of deadlines for projects at work that are due. Hugh and I, our schedules are busy. We're busy people, you know. We've got lives outside of the pod. And, you know, and besides, it's just, there's just so much you can take. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a lot of work. So, you yeah, know, we, we love our you. patrons. We do. But we also love all our listeners. So we decided to just solely post publicly. So everybody, all y'all gets to hear our episodes. So eventually we may bring some of those Patreon exclusive episodes publicly, but only a few of them. We we want that to be special for our, our previous patrons. So you may only get a little taste of what we had posted on Patreon, but not everything. So just a disclaimer there, no more Patreon for now. So you're just going to be getting a little bit shorter of a closing statement. So yeah, disclaimer made, Public service announcements stated, whatever you want to call it, in your face. Yes. <laughs> but with that said, that's all for this week's episode, everybody. Thanks again for tuning in to the Depth of Darkness. And until next time, bye. Bye. Been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. 
There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. 